Hello and welcome to the PTSD Academy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dan. Today's episode is about the comorbid association of having PTSD and also attention deficit disorder, ADHD. The current terminology is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, even if you don't have the hyperactivity. So just a little bit of background on both so you understand how they work together. Because what we know is a research study a couple years ago, and I'll have a link here on the show notes about it, showed that up to 36% of veterans in America that have post-traumatic stress disorder also have evidence of childhood attention deficit disorder. So when you have both at the same time, it's a real unique situation. That's why my private practice was called the, uh, the ADHD clinic, you know, in my location, because I like to focus on mid and higher level people, leaders, basically. And when you've got post-traumatic stress disorder, you already have a lot of fear and anxiety in your environment, right? So you're scanning your environment. If you're going out to dinner, it's hard to focus on the person in front of you. And you might spend every date night staring around you in your environment in case something very rare happens. Uh, Even if it means you're spending all that energy on a date night, you know, scanning your environment for a one in a million uh, event uh, while simultaneously... 100% of the time guaranteeing that you are not paying attention to your date across from you. So let that sink in for a moment. But when you add PTSD to attention deficit, now you got a person who's scared of their environment, scanning the environment for threats, but inside they know they're not able to keep up with the scanning. They have attention deficit, so they can't be on guard duty. They can't remember, they can't focus, they can't keep up with the threat scanning and threat interpretation. So post-traumatic stress disorder is already bad enough on your risk assessment because let's say something really rare happens to you, like you're held up at gunpoint. That's supposed to be rare, though Chicago, Illinois has more murders than Afghanistan. You know, it's generally supposed to be rare. Roughly in America, it's the statistics were until recently. I don't know what they are now because violence is on the rise, but For a baseline, 1 in 2,500 people would experience a serious interpersonal violence in their life on average. That doesn't mean car wrecks and fires and other kinds of traumas don't get you. Uh, But the the, the ones you tend to fear the most is about 1 in 2,500 that it would happen to you over your entire lifetime. So if you're on a date night, the fact that it may be a a 1-in-a-million event uh, comes into play. So I I particularly feel for the people that have attention deficit disorder and PTSD at the same time. I guess I have a soft spot in my heart for you. Uh, And it could be that you had ADHD as a child, and most of the time uh, children are hyperactive to go with it, so you have trouble staying in your seat, talking out of turn, can't wait, uh, that sort of stuff. other people um, have so, in my view, have so much intellectual capacity. They're so smart that you can have PTSD, attention deficit, and do some kind of job that that is like a, a pilot or uh, insurance sales or medical or something that involves a computer 
where you're sitting there for hours and hours having to do detailed focused attention and they still have attention deficit disorder but they're they're fighting it on the inside and so you know most of my psychologist friends uh, would say that that's not really a disorder if you can pull it off in other words if you don't have any deficits in social or occupational functioning if you can just basically keep doing the job, then you don't meet the qualification for the disorder. But do you see how the, that's a problem? You know, it's as if our whole diagnostic system is just set up to keep you at your job. As long as you can stay at your desk and earn a paycheck and keep buying our pills, then we don't call it a disorder. <laughs> so it's just food for thought, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that does not mean that if you can hold it together, and have PTSD and attention deficit at the same time and still keep a job, that does not mean that you are not struggling and struggling on the inside. And how do we do that? that what that means is if you have auditory hallucinations, uh, obsessive compulsive, attention deficit disorder, or bad PTSD flashbacks and thoughts from the past in, in, intruding themselves in your day, if you have any kind of mental health thing that's inserting itself into your day that is a level of distraction the only way someone can pull it off and stay at their desk and not have the quote unquote disorder according to the american political association uh, that is is to basically um, ignore how much brain power it takes to put that kind of distraction aside and keep functioning and so it's almost like subtracting 10 points from the IQ. Some people can handle that. Most people can on average. You, it's a noticeable difference. But I have, I have a heart for you guys that, that can hold it together. In my view, you're, the, um, you're not hyperactive with panic attacks. You're not underreactive with major depressive. You're what we call, what I call, normoreactive. You're a walking wounded person. You have all the same problems that the person on disability has, only you have enough cognitive, mental, and emotional reserve by some blessing or curse, you might think, uh, where you can keep functioning. But this message is for all of you. Whether you can function or not, forget about that for a moment. And, and just realize that Attention deficit is a serious problem. Uh, there is a great clip that I'd like you to watch from this kid's movie. It's called Over the Hedge, if you have the possibility. There's a scene in there where all these um, wild animals are in the backyard of a neighborhood trying to steal food. And it's a kid's cartoon movie. And animal control comes and they're trapping and there's this big battle unfolding. And the animals are losing. All the friends are getting um, put in cages and it's bad. And then this very hyperactive squirrel reaches for an uh, energy drink. And in the middle of the battle, all of his friend, their friends see this and they're yelling at him, no, don't drink it, don't drink it, because he's so hyperactive. They're afraid he'll get worse when he drinks an energy drink. But it has the opposite effect on him, just like a stimulant does on the brain of someone with attention deficit disorder. It's a really cute clip. I don't want to give it away, but the earth kind of stops for him. And it's just cute when that happens. like scrat from ice age but uh, take a look at that i'll try to put a clip up here from youtube on the show notes or as i like to call it murder tube because they like to put murders uh and sell advertising for that on on murder tube so i'm i'm boycotting it and i'm going to be boycotting some other mainstream channels because of 
their promotion of trauma and stress and fear and anxiety, okay, and the lack of messaging about hope. And um, I'm going to boycott the anti-hope message, <laughs> if that's a thing. I don't know if it's a thing. Guys, if you like my style, if you want to be involved in a community that understands and respects mental health from everyone's perspective, that does not alienate or suppress anyone's voice or their perception of fear, then I think you need to join the PTSD Academy and join part of a what I'm going to call a mental health revival movement uh, where we're going to rediscover our own power together. And we're going to use a mentorship and leadership approach to educate and we're going to share what works what we're not going to do at the ptsd academy is share trauma stories so if the name ptsd academy scares you and you don't want to go to the website this is not like group therapy uh, i'm not going to have public posts people aren't going to be able to put their trauma stories up there and when i run my live teleconferences i control that i start off with like a 15 minute uh, presentation of science and hope and inspiration that's never been made before. So each meeting is totally unique. And that first part of the teleconference is recorded. I like to use gotomeeting.com, uh, not Zoom or anything else that's crazy out there. I like it because it does a good job of recording the video of the presentation. And then what I'll do is I stop recording and then announce to everyone listening on the live that the recording's over, they can now speak up, and then we just have a couple hours of question and answer. And that's what I like to do every week for my academy members. I've done that before in a different mentorship, and it's published, a, a different program. And I'll be inviting some people on the show later. Uh, about 10 years ago, I had a mastermind community to help people get into medicine. And I was the doctor that taught medical students how to study and survive medical school, particularly the college students from disadvantaged. Lots of times they're minorities, or more, the most specific disadvantaged uh, student that I like to study the most, what my bias was in my research was I was going after students, high school students and college students that themselves grew up in when they were teenagers, not younger, but teenagers that grow up in a medically underserved area. Why? Because if you mentor the demographic you want, those people then go on to become doctors that on average, even in a free society where the government doesn't tell the doctors where to work, they tend to go back to their roots and serve those medically underserved communities because that's where they're from. It's in their blood. But when you just pick race or you just pick socioeconomic status, uh, it's just a free ticket. And those people tend to, on average, statistically, stay in the big city jobs and act like just like everybody else and take the medical specialty that's paying the most at the time. And there is research on all this stuff in medicine. And I'm sure it's the same in other fields, but I'm an expert on the medical education pipeline. And I am an internationally cited researcher in the area of burnout in um, medical students and medical residents in training. So that's where my background and bias comes in. Mentor the people that you need, the demographic that you actually need. And that is the best scientific approach. About eight years ago, I presented that to my state medical association and they laughed. They basically ignored. They didn't really laugh. But you know how when you put all your years of research into something and you come up with a plan and you show up to the committee meeting and you're ready to do something and no one cares because they're, show, they're so short-sighted. They think, Oh, uh, the next political cycle. Folks, we got to get away from political organizations, period. And we got to make decisions for ourselves. Because clearly, you cannot turn on mainstream channels on any uh, political 
aisle. It doesn't matter. They all do the same thing. Heck, it's in our toothpaste commercials. Fear, anxiety, hopelessness. Uh, it, it, they need it to sell. They, they think that that's more powerful than love. And they need to go back and watch that movie, Monsters Incorporated, where they discover at the end of that silly kids movie that uh, laughter is 10 times more powerful and there's plenty of love and joy and therefore economic prosperity to go around. So if you've got ADHD, there's hope, folks. You can use a stimulant, but I would recommend it under a psychiatrist um, if you have to do that not necessarily even primary care because they do not understand the association with trauma and therefore the risk of avoidance mechanisms and increase the risk of addiction when you're trying to do controlled substances uh, and ignore trauma. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do it all together. Face your fears uh, with proper support and a good purpose in life. And I think you'll be better for it. That's it for the PTSD Academy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dan.